Welcome to Long Days, Bright Nights, a Sitka Tells Tales rendezvous of spoken word and music, featuring recordings of the Sitka Tells Tales live event at PorchFest 2022. Sitka Tells Tales is presented by Art Change Inc. here on Raven Radio, 104.7 FM, KCAW Sitka. Our first story comes from John Ingman. John is an Irish musician who plays an Irish traditional instrument called the Ilian Pipes. Unlike the Scottish bagpipes you're used to seeing, the Ilian Pipes are not mouth-blown, but the bag is blown up with a bellows he has strapped to his body and controls with his elbow. You also will not see Ilian Pipers marching in parades, as this instrument was built for indoor dance music. You've probably heard them in movies such as Braveheart, Titanic, and the show Riverdance. John will tell a story and play a tune for you. Enjoy. My name is John Engman, and I play the Ellen Pipes. The Ellen Pipes are an Irish bagpipe. And they don't really resemble the Scottish pipes that you're probably used to seeing in parades. They are made for dance music and they are played sitting down. Uh, The drones go over my leg rather than up over a shoulder. And uh, rather than blowing into the bag, I use a bellows. Uh, The air from the bellows goes through a pipe into the bag and then from the bag the air goes into what they call a chanter which is where the music comes from inside the chanter there is a double reed very similar to a bassoon reed and uh, it vibrates and creates the sound the illin pipes are not an instrument that you can go to a music store and buy you have to find either a person who builds the illin pipes or you need to buy some used Um, my very first set was was the latter where i was looking for a set and found out that there was somebody that was living north of me i was in eugene oregon uh he was in portland oregon and uh he had a set that he wanted to sell and i was very interested in buying it so um So we decided we would meet halfway, and uh, we met at a Taco Bell in Albany, Oregon. Uh, It it was kind of like a back alley movie drug deal where he handed me the pipes and I handed him a wad of cash. And uh, I, I actually strapped them on in the Taco Bell parking lot, played a couple notes, they played well. And uh, I took them and, uh, and brought them home. They say that it takes 21 years to learn how to play the Ellen Pipes. Seven years listening, seven years practicing, seven years playing. Uh, I've been playing for about 18 or 19 years. 
I've done it uh, trying to learn on my own and then finally um, taking lessons and pretty much loving every minute of it. So I want to play a couple jigs for you. The, uh, the Illin pipes are mainly known for two things, the slow airs and also dance music. So I'm going to play a couple jigs. Uh, the first one is called Ferrer's Jig, and then it's going to go into another jig that I don't know the origins or anything about, but it's called I Buried My Wife and Danced on Her Grave. So here's a couple of jigs. Thanks, and thanks for being here for Sicka Tales Tales Long Days Bright Nights at Porch Fest. Um, next, we're going to hear some music. Uh, we have Josh Koloski. He is a guitarist and private music instructor, originally from Michigan, proficient in numerous styles of guitar, including classic rock, blues, metal, folk, bluegrass, funk, and reggae. He's shared the stage with legends such as Donald Kinsey, from Bob Marley and the Whalers and Ace Freely of KISS. He is open for many national touring acts such as the Whalers, Popeville, Shinedown, and Godsmack. Josh is committed to furthering his playing abilities and teaching the next generation of aspiring guitarists. And that's not all, because I think Anel is going to join us, right? And so 
I'm very excited about this. Anel Figueroa is a, is a Mexican-born singer and songwriter, musician, cosmetologist, blessed with the universe to be here. Born into a musical family, she sings for all our different feelings and parts of life. And you can find her on YouTube and Instagram. So come on down, you guys. Let's hear uh, Josh and Anel. And it's really fun to do a Sitka Tales Tales that normally, you know, we stick to our, you know, the stories, but sometimes we like to mix it up. Okay. Hello. How's it going? I like the cacophony of ravens in the background, by the way. <laughs> you want to introduce this one? So this song... Talks about love. I wrote uh, the song last year for my lovely husband, who is is here. And I had a dream of this song. Once I woke up, I have to write the song. So I hope you like it. It's in Spanish. The name is Mar.
Thank you. Okay, so the next song is a popular song in Mexico. The name is La Llorona, and it has uh, many different stories, but it's about love, too, and also, like, a tragic story behind of that. Well, different stories in, what, in that song, but also we, um, we sing that song, and it's more like for... Um, means for the death, uh, that talks about death too, and yeah, I feel like it. Quieres, quieres más 
Just joining us, this is Long Days, Bright Nights, a summer rendezvous of spoken word and music. Um, next, are you ready? Okay, we have Becky and Ottman. So Becky is Raven Radio's general manager, but she's learning to love gardening in her spare time. You can hear her play bluegrass and engineer for the Garden Show on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. And Becky hopes to become a mad scientist of sound someday. <laughs> now, Ottman, who's behind me here, is a documentary filmmaker working with your very own Sick of Tales Tales host um, with a great interest in the climate crisis. He also hopes one day to have some proficiency in archaeology. I did not know that. So, take it away, you guys. So when does something become real? I think there are lots of answers to that kind of rhetorical question, but for me, they only become real when I'm right in the middle of them. This one time, everything got super real when I watched the tender pull into Port Alexander, stacked up with three tons of concrete. I saw all the rebar, all the tower anchors, all the power tools finally arriving, and seeing every bit of it come up onto the dock. That was my first taste of the full measure of the work to come, when it truly, truly hit me. A week and a half later, Petri Dish, my partner on this project, and I arrived in Port Alexander by float plane. We banked close to the hills, soared off the coast, and finally landed in the harbor. We were there to rehab an old tower for KCAW's repeater station there. We needed to move antennas, shove all of the radio stuff to the top of the hill, and make sure to cut the, the cable run. It was supposed to make Raven Radio sound better down there. And I thought reinforcing the tower would take a little digging, a little concrete, and guying everything down. But I didn't quite understand the depth of my commitment to this project even then, landing there. It was all hypothetical, all plans on paper. But we get there, and it is like an adventure, stomping through the woods, going through the the thick forest that's towering over track day. Even as we explored, nature reclaimed our path the moment we walked through it. The woods tend to swallow things whole down there. We inspected the tower. It was installed about 50 years ago, and trees had grown through two of the support wires. There was an entire mess of blueberries, blackberries, or huckleberries, devil's club, alders. We spent the first week and a half 
gathering tools and doing a two-step with the tower as it swayed, getting pushed this way and that. We worked through dawn to dusk, sawing through roots and brambles and breaking our borrowed chainsaw. I am so sorry still, Pete Mooney. Holes needed digging and we got down to the bedrock with the ground around us seeping. We cut path through thickets. And I thought at the time that was gonna be the hardest part of the job. But here comes that damn concrete off of the ship, making its way onto the harbor. We look around and we see hand carts, we see rope and we see plywood, but we don't see an easy way to bring everything up to the top of the hill. So we started to build a system of ramps and pulleys for all of them tons of concrete and ran a relay through the forest once we were at the top, bag by bag. Three anchors, three holes, three tons of concrete to mix and pour by hand. That, turns out, ended up being the hardest part of the job. From dawn to dusk, we worked for days and days, and every night, passed out dead asleep, exhausted. But then there's a knock at the door at midnight. Everyone around is waking up to a tsunami alert and heading for the hills. We joined the flickering of flashlights and families going up to safety. And at that moment, something became really real for me too. I made a big deal before about public radio being super useful during emergencies, but this is the first time I'm actually in the middle of one. I really wanted the radio to be there when I needed it right then, and it wasn't quite there. And I felt that frustration with the people around me. Now, don't get me wrong. I make it sound like this was all lesson learning and root pulling and that we did it all by ourselves, Pete and I. But the truth of it is, everyone down there helped a whole lot. And sometimes folks ask for our help too. We fixed the school teacher's internet satellite dish using save cable connectors we borrowed from Bill Ludke. When we brought everything back, Bill told us, you know, I'm glad you're the ones down here. I don't want to get too philosophical about it, but it's those kinds of moments that make radio magic for me. My whole time with Port Alexander felt electric with it. And when we turned on the transmitter, electricity made a different kind of magic. And out came new sounds in the deepening dusk. There's something human and unexpected in the art of making radio, too. You won't find a job description for any station manager out there that includes pouring concrete. And I honestly never thought I'd be doing that in my broadcast career. You talk to the me of five years ago, I would have talked your ear off about weekly QM and P1 listening, but it turns out making radio in Alaska isn't about that kind of numbers game. Sometimes it's about doing some crazy stuff to make sure that we all stay connected. It's about putting out a metaphorical hand to someone you don't know 
someone you can't even see, and being there for them however they need you, when they need you the most. And that means hard work, and it means a lot of work, but that's what radio means to me. Thanks, everyone. Okay, clap a little bit more. I, I, I truly believe there's magic when we listen to each other, right? Woo, woo, woo. That was, everything's gorgeous. And now, we're gonna hear more gorgeous. Um, Manoj Batar. He moved here with his dog, Rishi, there we go. There we go. <laughs> to Sitka at the tail end of last summer. He is very glad winter is over. Really? Oh, yeah. It was, no, it was pretty good. It was, good. It was a fun time. And he now takes the, sta the, the stage, to the stage to share some poetry about some of the flavors of summer and his anticipation of the adventures to come this season. Take it away. Thank you. Leap of faith. As the days get longer, with more paths, more adventures illuminated. Just for fun, write some checks you're not quite sure you can cash. Should they succeed or should they fail, take pride in, le in leaving rigidity behind. And when you get where you're going, could you tell me what you see? For when we are on the other side, holed up in winter, making our own light again, I will tell you too where I went. And we will have surely a time figuring out how the hell we got there together. Am I allowed to say that word? Okay. <laughs> uh, this next poem is about a very near and dear activity to me. It is a passion of mine. Some of my friends other friends too, know how obsessive I, I am about it, um, to the point of pretty severe bodily injury. Uh, it's, it's just, I love it. You might be thinking I'm talking about basketball, <laughs> and I'm not this time. It is about skipping rocks. Look at this butte. A favorite pastime of mine. What is there not to love? All the shapes testing and teasing your eyes as you look for your little quarry. As you look for your little quarry, the sharp and bright chirp shooting out from beneath your feet, singing that you are standing upon a good stash. The feel of the cool stones in your hands. Who knew there were so many shapes? And who knew so many of them were so bad? But then you find the perfect one. You line it up, you put it in your hand, some by instinct, some by actual technique. And you let it go. And oh, that moment, it is just everything. The anticipation of the result just hangs over your head. When you feel like it might just skip for miles, or it might plunk straight to the bottom. When anything and everything is possible. When you feel like a child again, and the only thing that matters is that right there in front of you, this rock will either fly or sink. How important it is to have a good throw how disappointing a bad one can be, how much more severe that result feels compared to, to 
turning in your paperwork and on time. And it does not matter, truly, any good throw or any bad one. The oceans, the lakes, the rivers will reciprocate either way, the effort you put in. So how beautiful then is it to be lost in something where you can appreciate so deeply the ripples that you make? And how beautiful is it that the more you do it, the more you learn, and the more you start to realize that practice is perfect? I wrote this next poem a few summers ago, and I realized it's just been a theme of my life. Uh, I just tend to kind of go on adventures in the summer and make friends with people, and it's just this real deep connection, kind of like we were talking a little bit earlier about field trips, and you meet this person, and you just have the most deep connection, and you just never see them again. Sometimes you think about them, but it's just this really beautiful kind of lightning in a bottle feeling. Uh, and it's probably going to happen again this summer. It's called Summer Friends. <laughs> Is this better? Thank you. <laughs> Static shock and a thunderstorm, kindling spark but not caught, sometimes seemingly meaningless but full of feeling, full of joy, full of laughs, yet fully fleeting, full of hollowed stories never created nor shared, and devoid of intimacy born of wear and tear often taken for granted and inherently fast, often leaves you wondering if it was supposed to last. That poem is dedicated to not Joshua Hutchinson because he's going to sign a permanent contract. It's going to be great. <laughs> that poem is dedicated to Joshua Hutchinson, actually. <laughs> Turns out. Um, this next poem is another dedication to Sitka. Just like John Straley had, that man has lived here for 40 years. I've lived here for one. So this poem will be about 140th. This is good. <laughs> In the midst of winter, as the days grew thin, the mind grew so heavy, it chose to numb itself. And so too, when the summer came, the mind began to thaw as if the sun came to show what there was to see. To take my hand and to lead me out from the cold and dark and into this new place, into this new place where the bald eagle does not know how big it is and the country it does not know exists. And the human can start to learn how small it is too. In this place where the water shines like diamonds 80 days of the year, and offers the most beautiful textures as a consolation on the rest. Where the sun and the moon trade off, not knowing when to recede, and the clouds and the fog play tricks on it just because they can. In this place where the seasons and seasons of change are intimately intertwined in a way that tell you, you are here. For better and for worse, you are here. Thank you. All right, a little more clapping. I like to hear some clapping. Maybe it's this like, you know, still in this like thinking about the pandemic. It's so nice to be live. It's so nice to hear each other. These words are so powerful. Um, I'm just amazed. And 
One thing that's really fun about the variety of people involved in this episode of Sick of Tales Tales is we have John Straley, who's lived here 45 years. We have Manoj, who's been here a year, and we have another young person who's also a newcomer, and it's joyous to have this mix of voices. So, next, come on up, Sage. Um, born in C Louisiana, Sage Bailey moved to Sitka on August 16th, 2021. She loves to draw, write, and sing in her free time. She likes to think she is the life of the party. And you also told me about some of your favorite foods the other day. What was that? Remember we were talking? Fried chicken. I, I like some fried chicken. And there was something else. I don't remember. We'll have to come up with it. We'll, we'll, we'll come, come up with it. We'll okay. Um, hey everyone, um, I'm Sage Bailey. I'm gonna tell y'all kind of like my life story on how I got here and how like I went through that journey to like get here in Sitka where I love it so much here and I uh, love the people here. Everyone's so nice. So I was born in a little town, town called Houghton, Louisiana. Everyone knew each other. You couldn't go to the store without like running into somebody you knew. Um, it's a lot different than here. You, if you walked out of my house and you looked down the road, you would see a pastor when there was cows and horses and hay. As for when I got here, you see ocean and you see mountains and you see totally different things on the totally different side of the spectrum. Um, I grew up with uh, a sister and a stepsister and a half-brother, uh, Shelby Jackson and Avery. Uh, we had a pretty big family. Uh, me and my sister were always close. She's still in Louisiana. Uh, how I came to get here is I just kind of wanted to go across the world and just like my grandma's a travel nurse. Raise your hand, Mimi. That's her right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's a travel nurse here. Uh, and I had the opportunity to move up here with her and uh, just see a new different lifestyle. And I said, why not, you know? So I uh, moved and uh, I love it here. Uh, now I just uh, look at the mountains and I look at the valleys and I just like, it's just beautiful. The ocean and also my best friends here. You raise your hand too. That's her right there, Ava. Um, you know, we spend time making fires, walking trails, you know, totally different lifestyle than you would in Louisiana. My friends in Louisiana, we would, uh, you know, just go to the bowling alley or we would go, you know, uh, looking at the horses. Uh, we had a friend that owned a farm and on that farm there was horses and goats and chickens and peaches and cherries and all of the above and they were so beautiful but then as I moved here I thought I wasn't going to like it here honestly I didn't think I would because it's cold <laughs> and in Louisiana it's always hot like in the summer it gets like 105 as for here it's like y'all's higher like 70 and I'm like okay <laughs> so um yeah that's definitely something that I had to adjust to uh, but I also know that, uh, 
when I moved here and I saw how wonderful everyone was and how accepting everyone was and the school here, I'm a fellow member of uh, Sika High and I joined the choir and you know stuff like that and you just started getting involved and as I got to know everyone, I just started realizing that this is where I was meant to be and this is where I want to be and I adjusted and uh, as I adjusted, I can now say that like I fully know that this is who I am meant to be and fully who I like kind of like my destiny in a way. And yeah, that's kind of how I got here. And uh, thank you.
dije que te amaba no lo vuelvo a hacer yeah, yeah. Ese error es cosa de ayer. Uh, Selena. Thank you. Cheers, everybody, <laughs> to Portfest. Thank you. Is that a thing? Do we go like Happy Porchfest? I don't know. Is that yeah. okay? Cool. There we go. Sweet. I got to take her. Change the hair and the way you like. 
to drink Want to come and own Stop making it full Hard of me Come on Thank you. Happy for first. Thank you for listening to Long Days, Bright Nights, a presentation of Sitka Tells Tales. Thank you to all our poets, musicians, and storytellers. You can hear Sitka Tells Tales on KCAW the third Tuesday of every month, either a show from the vault or a live event. And you can find Sitka Tells Tales wherever you listen to podcasts. Please tune in on the first Tuesday of every month for our sister show, Our Grandparents' Teachings, hosted by Chuck Miller. Thanks to the Alaska Humanities Forum and the National Endowment for the Humanities for supporting these storytelling efforts. If you have an idea for a theme, feedback, or want to tell a story, 
please contact us at 907-738-2147 or email artchangeinc, that's artchangeinc, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your long summer solstice evening.